Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition here at the Takeaways podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, and today we are brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today. We're also presented to you on Blue Wire podcast with Liquid Death, which probably could have helped revive a 49er quarterback or two, Aton. Aton Shander, my guest joined me today yeah. from Philadelphia, Fox 29, a betting analyst here. And we have brought you on to talk about these Eagles. Fly Eagles fly. Aton, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, Heidi. It's a pleasure to see you. I know we go way back, so I, I can say this with all, all of our friendship and everything intact. Go birds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's nothing you can do when you, you know one team moves on. It's you can sit there and cry and stomp your feet about it all you want, but in yeah. the end, the Eagles had more quarterbacks. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it. That, that's the only thing that we could take away from this football game was the Eagles had more quarterbacks than the Niners. I'm with you. Okay. I'll leave it with that. As long as we agree on that. Yeah. But it's I wanted to start talking about the Super Bowl, the Eagles, like we said, moving on to face the Chiefs. The Chiefs, right. a very familiar opponent here for the Las Vegas Raiders, which I now cover. And of course, the Super Bowl is going to be just tremendous in terms of so many historical different ways Two black quarterbacks starting in it. You have the brothers going against each other. Lots of storylines here. But I want to get into the numbers a little bit. It's what you do now. Looking at right now, I've seen the Eagles at Caesar Sportsbook at minus two. What yeah. do you think about their chances against the spread? So I, I think looking at the spread and, and total as well, all the big plays and player props a little less, but even still with the Super Bowl, right down to the Gatorade color or the coin toss, anything that's being bet is usually mostly being bet on by people who normally don't bet. Meaning, and I'll, let me just simplify that, streamline that thought process, which is more people who don't bet throughout the year are betting on this event more so than any other event, any other sporting event right now, arguably anything that you can bet on in this country, at least, right? World Cup, things are a little different outside. But right here, the Super Bowl takes in so much money, public money, non-informed, uninformed public money, that the market is just going to move because of the sheer amount of dollars that come in. So if you see this spread move from two and a half back down to a pick them and then maybe through to minus one where it did open at some places for the chiefs minus one pick them elsewhere. Don't go crazy. Don't think, Oh my goodness, I lost all this market value. Or, uh, your position is, is your confidence level with these two teams. I think the line is pretty sharp to be honest with you. I think this is a three point game who wins. It may come down to a couple of key things with quarterback play. The one thing I did like, and I saw this drop immediately and I understood that people don't necessarily think Super Bowl is going to be super high scoring. 51 is a key number for the total. It's the highest, right? If I can get anything below 50 and a half or really 50 and a half or lower, I'm going to go over that. I'm going to wait and see. I think this can dip at like 46, but whatever the total is, so long as it's below 50 and a half, and I'm going to wait a little bit because I can, because we have two full weeks, but I'm going to go over. I'm going to bet over on the total here. That's the biggest one that I have. We're all in Philadelphia, so we have futures tickets on the Eagles every year. Don't, don't let anybody fool you here. So I don't really need to bet the Eagles, but 
I do think that this game does go over. Both quarterbacks can move the football. Both quarterbacks can narrow a gap if they're down in these games. And look, Nick Sirianni doesn't have the resume of Andy Reid, but Sirianni this year has put on a performance when it comes to being able to score points, especially in a hurry. So I think that's going to help. Both of these defenses have individual players. Eagles are better D than the Chiefs overall, but you can move the ball with those types of quarterbacks, really like the elite in Mahomes and Hurts. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about Hertz's performance, saying that it wasn't his best, but obviously he's still dealing with an injury. Do you think the period of time between now to the Super Bowl is enough for him to try to get healthy? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the definition of healthy for me isn't necessarily, is he still dealing with pain? Is he playing hurt? The definition for healthy for me, and especially from a betting standpoint, is does the game plan change? Right. Does Nick Sirianni do something different as a result of how much pain Jalen Hurts is going through or how hurt Jalen is? He won't. Nothing will change with nothing changed on Sunday with the game plan, except it was just it was a bizarre set of circumstances where both of the quarterbacks were knocked out. You didn't have to do a lot with Hurts. You kind of felt if you established a lead of 10 to 14 points. Nobody was going to be able to come back under those circumstances that the Niners were dealing with. Heidi, before that, it was the Giants. They match up better with the yeah. Giants than any team in the playoffs on both sides, the AFC, the NFC. So Hertz really hasn't had to show out. Nothing is going to change. I can promise you, nothing will change in the game plan for this week, or pardon me, the Super Bowl against Mahomes and that defense, mostly against Spag's defense, because Hertz is fine in that capability. I'm wondering. There's been quarterback controversies happening here around Las Vegas. I'm sure you're well aware of it. Oh, that yeah. They're moving oh, yeah. on from Derek Carr. And so I wonder, what do you think it is that the Raiders will need at quarterback? Because I think what's happened with Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni is they realize in the stretch of games where Hurts wasn't available that Hurts is really, really our guy. He is the future. He's locked in. How do you think the Raiders get to that point? So I think you're on to it. And it's not a, a knock on McDaniels or or the offense or, or anything there. It's just a reality, which is you need one of two things in order to kickstart this thing. Because I, I was talking to a radio station in Nashville about this and they were thinking about, you know, hey, we got a team here. but yep. you don't really have a quarterback. And we're trying to figure out what that is in Philadelphia that you found. I think it's you need one of two things. You either need to find a coach. Who And I'm not saying Nick Sirianni is this because he's not right. He had a hell of a year and he deserves all the accolades for this year. But yeah. you you need to rehire somebody. You need to bring like Andy Reid from Philadelphia to Kansas City. You need to bring somebody with such a and maybe that is Josh McDaniels, right, who has done that um, in, in New England. But you need a coach who is so smart and so able to work around anything that goes wrong with his quarterback or offense that they can scheme out of it. And if you don't have that, then you need a quarterback who can do that for his head coach. And Jalen Hurts is the ultimate safety net to the point where Nick Sirianni is running stuff you see on Madden because he has the safety net of Jalen Hurts to be like, hey, man, if it doesn't work, he can bail us out or he can make this work and we look like a genius. So you really right now, you need to find that combination and hope that you get one of two locked in. And look, it's not easy. And, and, they, and I think they got lucky because 
there were circumstances that pushed the Eagles to draft a quarterback when they did with Jalen Hurts in the second round. But that would be my answer. And, and it's it's the holy grail, right? Like, OK, right. come on. Like, how do you do that? You need to be able to mine that talent so that when they get to the NFL, when they can play and they can grow and all that, they can overcome some coaching deficiencies or the coach can do the opposite for a newer quarterback. And the fact that he was benched for Jalen, I mean, Jalen Hurts was benched for Tua. And then moving on to this point now where he's at the pinnacle of the NFL going into the Super Bowl as a starter. I mean, what a story. You know, when you think about that story and like you were talking about the development and the pieces that he needed, now he's got Miles Sanders, a solid running back. They have a decent O-line. They've got uh, Dallas Goddard, who's really amazing tight end that I think is a little bit underrated, but probably won't be next year. And then you look at Mm -hmm. A.J. Brown and that trade and how that happened. Just just kind of a lot fall into place that it was really just like, how oh, wow, here you go. <laughs> Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, I think you look at this team, though. Uh, initially, the building process started with Carson Wentz. It yeah. started with, you mentioned that offensive line. I mean, they have one of the best and deepest offensive lines in the NFL. And they built that for a quarterback. They thought that Carson Wentz was going to be who Jalen Hurts is, right? And how could you not? Because the guy had an MVP season before he got hurt. Nick Foles took over a team that was just loaded and they went on and won the Super Bowl. We know that life happened. Things fell apart. Wentz turned into a pumpkin, et cetera. But the team, the mentality of it from a team building standpoint was if you build the trenches, if you allow one or two skilled guys to create some space, if you get some speed guys and then a stable of running backs, the right quarterback makes you a playoff team. The right quarterback puts you in the Super Bowl. And I think that's what the mentality was, where it was like, think about it, right, Heidi, though? Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. Isn't it easier to get all the other positions right and then just hope each time that you get the quarterback spot right, as a, especially if you get him cheap under a rookie deal, as opposed to trying to find a, a wideout, a left tackle, a cornerback, all these other things. So the Eagles focused a lot on building around the quarterback spot. And yeah, you're right. It just happened to work to a T because they found the perfect fit. Now with the Raiders, they have a big off season coming up with, where they're going to have to figure that out at quarterback. And then you have Tom Brady talk, you have Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Lamar Jackson, maybe Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of big free agent names out there, but like you said, the draft is also pretty stacked from CJ Stroud to Bryce Young. There's going to be some names. Will Levis is another one that uh, mm-hmm. people talk about as being a fit for the Raiders. So to that, do you just kind of lean toward the draft and not worry about having that bridge with a free agent like Tom Brady or Lamar or what have you, and just focus your future on what you can do with a rookie? Would you give the first round? I know I should never answer a question with a question. You're not giving the first rounder up for Aaron Rodgers? (laughs) Nobody's going to like him. Just because of the drama he comes with, but (laughs) Devontae's there. Right. It's not like Brady's not coming with his own drama, mind you, but I I get what you're saying. No, honestly, I think, you know, this this is where the Raiders are in more, not a totally, but more of a unique situation that I think even the Eagles were in, right? Because... There's nothing in house. You don't have a Wentz. You don't have somebody there. And I don't think clearly the Raiders aren't going to use two key areas to address the same position, like the draft up top and spend heavy money on a free agent. If you can get Jimmy Garoppolo, I would go after Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I Tom Brady is Tom Brady. I know the stats were there and all, but 
he was a spread killer last year. As week three, I think the Giselle news came out and he was, well, I, you're laughing, but I'm telling you, I made a killing fading Tom Brady this year against the spread because of all the off the field news, the divorce, the FTX stuff. It just was a crazy year. So you're right. Like Rogers comes with drama. I think Brady comes with a little drama. Garoppolo, man. Garoppolo's got something, man. Garoppolo's got something. And then you have the injury risk there. But now here's the thing. We were talking to joking a little bit about the 49er injuries, a quarterback. But how much of the Brock Purdy worst case scenario having the terror and the UCL will kind of open the door maybe for the 49ers to scramble and say, hey, maybe we need to go get Tom Brady when the Raiders yeah. might have been thinking about it before. And now you have this interesting kind of maybe bidding war that's going to happen there. Yeah, I don't know who wins that war, right? Because of the hometown, assuming, you know, like the money adds up and and from a salary cap standpoint, all things are equal. But the Niners just it, it seems like even as disappointing as this season was as far as how it ended, that Niners team, you know, bring back McCaffrey, like that Niners team's got something and that defense you can add, you can polish, if you will, but that team seems ready-made. And granted, like we expect the Rams to have a bounce-back season. Seattle is always a wild card, and maybe in in the truest definition of it. But you know, they're they're kind of hard to feel. And Arizona looks like they're on the way down right now. Yeah. The Raiders, I don't know Patrick Mahomes going anywhere. Right? Like Justin Herbert, those guys aren't going anywhere. That division is going to be tough. It seems like that's always going to be the question when you're in the front office at the Raiders is how do I beat Patrick Mahomes? So that's it. That's where you have to set the bar because they're Crazy. in. And that's a tremendous bar. Obviously, <laughs> you can't just think in your mind as a team and a franchise that, hey, we're going to play for second all the time and that's going to be OK. <laughs> no, so. Yep. Just uh, as we begin to start thinking about the combine coming and the draft coming, obviously all the attention for the Raiders will probably be on the quarterbacks there. But if, if you start to think about just what you saw overall from this Raiders team that is stacked offensively with two players that hit over 1,500 yards on a season, right. Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams, what would you say is the missing piece? See, that's the thing. Like, I think defensively, you, you want to address areas, right, and, and make sure that you're not you're, you're not leaving this team in a position where they're having to throw and come back and, and allow Josh Jacobs to be running downhill a little bit more. Look, if you're bringing in and, and I'll I'll tie this to what the quarterback thing direction is, let's assume that they don't get Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's assume that they can't get Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Things play out, things shake out. And you mentioned Stroud. You mentioned looking at the draft. You have to continue to beef up your offensive line to where protection is not a concern. At the very least, protection can't be a concern. And it's not to say that that was the reason why Carr melted. We know that's not, but only, right? But you can't allow a new quarterback to be in a position where he's now trying to beat the NFL and his own offensive line inefficiencies. That's not going to work for any team. So, I, I, you know, you look at areas on defense that, that, allow you to get off the field on third down that maybe were hurting you this year. And then you look at if you're going young at quarterback, I don't think it could hurt either way, especially if you're bringing in a 48, 40, I don't remember how old Brady is, but you know, can't hurt to address protection as well, especially in the past game. 
He's 500 in NFL years. That's all we need to know. All right. In NFL yes, years, he's 500. You. But let's take a quick break. When I come back more with Aton Shander, we're going to talk a little bit. I want to get into some things more with Nick Sirianni, how he built this team to be a Super Bowl contender. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit. There's a new brand of water out there that looks just like tall boys of beer. On the latest Vegas Nation podcast, my guests thought it was malt liquor, but it's really a 22-ounce can of pure liquor refreshment. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three flavors. And it's called Liquid Death. Liquid Death's tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Did you know plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore and more plastic than not goes just to the landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and profitable for recycling facilities. My favorite is the Liquid Death Severed line because it gives me that pick-me-up I need in the middle of the day when you feel like you're dragging and you won't make it to the final bell. But this is crisp and refreshing and the taste perks me right up and gets me through my day. So go get Liquid Death at your local Smiths, Walmart, Sprouts, and Terrible stores or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's Heidi Fang. I'm here with the Fox 29 voice of betting and all things Philadelphia related. That's Aton Shander. Aton, we have to talk a little bit about this Nick Sirianni development and how he grew as a coach and helped to build this team to be what it is now in the Super Bowl facing the Kansas City Chiefs. I think a lot of people didn't see it coming. We talked a little bit about how he worked with Jalen Hurts and how things came into shape for this team. But was there anything that you felt that Nick Sirianni did that really brought this team to the next level? And how would a team like the Raiders with Josh McDaniels going into his second year as a head coach for them try to emulate maybe or take a like see that he set maybe a blueprint for them and how to grow? I think Sirianni. Two things. And you know, just to be honest, uh, Sirianni has a loaded football team, right? Like Nick Sirianni's football team is absolutely freaking loaded. Yeah. And you have just amazing talent, especially on defense. Not not to diminish anything on offense, because that's, I think, more scheme generated their success. But Heidi, th- this team on defense, four separate guys with double digit sacks, historic on what they're doing. That's not coming from heavy blitzes. That's not coming from anything exotic. That's just grown men winning one-on-one battles. And that's allowing these Eagles team. I mentioned the offensive line, right? Talking about the depth and Lane Johnson all the way through Jason Kelsey. I mean, these guys are going to be Hall of Famers, let alone all pros. So when you have all of this talent and then you add in the final ingredient, which is Jalen Hurts, you can take risks. You can push the conventional thinking of the game. You can think outside the box. You can do stuff and know that it's not always going to hurt you as much as it's hurt coaches who wanted to take risks without having that level of talent. It's a fallback. 
So, yeah, I, I just want to get that out there because I don't want to, to start praising Sirianni and somebody being like, oh, come on, man, look at that team, look at that roster. Now, the difference is the set of stones on this man, yeah. right? The, the chutzpah, if you will, on this individual, because what he's done is exactly what I said he could do. And think about this, like a lot of coaches may not have the job security. A lot of coaches may not just have the intestinal fortitude, whatever it is, the whatever word or phrase you want to use to describe it. They may not want to take the risk. Sirianni is taking the risk and he's connecting with the player and every other player as a result of that. So it's huge right now for Sirianni to reap these benefits of being able to connect with each and every individual player on his team and also be that risk taker and not look at as like some belligerent, you know, riverboat risk taker. He's, he's taking risks that the players are in tune with. And that's been a huge, huge part of his success. I feel like my favorite part of the chutzpah. Are you going to write? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) When he's walking down the sideline, I think it was in the divisional round and he's like, I know where I could be. Yeah. To the right. I love exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Giving it to the ref in the middle of a game at home because he knows he's at home and he's got the whole world in Philly behind him. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And that's something that I thought was just like really kind of like just about the character in the moment and like how he could be. And I, I loved it. Yeah. I love that. I love seeing that kind of stuff from a head coach. But when you talk about just now some betting numbers, I want to get into some odds, right? Because that's right. what you do. So do. the next, I think, favorite is. Tom Brady right now, and then Lamar Jackson to land as the Raiders quarterback at plus 220 odds for Brady and then plus 330 for Lamar. Do you think that those odds are are good numbers to take on this kind of a future? So I think I think a guy like Tom Brady is going to be interested, interested, right? That's the guy. That's the guy. Because he's not the odds-on favorite, correct? Right. I think so. You I'm sorry, I just went to sleep. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. So I think looking at Brady, he would be the guy that I would put money on outside of somebody in the draft, right? Because I think they're going to go as hard as they possibly can to get Tom Brady. From what I saw, the Raiders were the most heavily public favored or public bet team in the offseason last year to make the Super Bowl. Vegas, the the team, the organization, that was that was a bad year. And and Carr is taking a lot of the blame for it, right, wrong, whatever. That's the reality of it. Right. So I think they know they need to spend. And look, talk about a reunion. Right. I think the story writes itself. Yes, but in the odds and the props of the Super Bowl, we talked a little bit about the numbers, the spread. Um, I don't think we got into the money line, really. But I mean, if you think that, you know, Kansas City Chiefs are going to win, I think it was at minus um, 110. And then I had a um, plus 130 for the Eagles. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. so sorry. Getting it from the expert. Who would you take there on the money line? Okay, so this is where I think from a betting standpoint, if if you like the favorite, then you can lay anything up to two and a half. Meaning if you right now, the Eagles, you said at Caesars are minus two, right? Yes. So that's going to be minus 110, most likely minus two, minus 110. You're going to lay less juice at minus 110 than you will at minus 134, what have you on the money line. The key number is three, 14 percent, Heidi, of games and at three. 
and it goes up even higher when the spread is three or less. So you don't need to lay anything as far as money line is concerned. You can just take the Eagles minus two. So if you like the Eagles, lay the two points. If you like the Chiefs, then go on over to where I imagine Caesars would be the best spot since they have the line there at two and take the money line for the Chiefs because that is going to bump you up. You don't need those two points. We just told you three is the key number. Those two points won't do you any better. So the Chiefs have a better chance of winning that game outright than covering it by two, one and a half, one, what have you. So if you like the dog when the spread is less than three, Take the dog on the money line. If you like the favorite when the spread is less than three, lay the points. Okay, first to win, uh, score a touchdown, excuse me. Uh, they have some <laughs> lines there, and those are always kind of crazy props to take, right? But one of them that I liked was, I think, um, Dallas Goddard and yeah. um, they had uh, Pacheco as, I think, 12 to 1 to score first. I don't know. I got a feeling about Dallas Goddard. I talked to him earlier. You know, when you look at those numbers, like, what do you think about how these props are set? Like, do they just go off of who more than likely is going to run into the end zone first? Like, how do you think they get to these lines? I I think that there is enough data out there where they kind of have to respect it. Right. Like, I'm sure if you looked at every team and you saw, well, which guy somebody's going to lead the team in, in first touchdowns, right? Like as far as throughout the season is concerned. So there is some set of data that the books will adhere to so that they don't get totally burned. But the majority of people who are betting on this are probably just betting off gut, right? Betting off. Oh, well, it's going to be the Now I'm with you, like, because I'm doing the same thing and, and you create, you go from gut to head, meaning you go from what your heart tells you. And then you create a narrative to justify what your heart's telling you. I think Travis Kelsey will be talked about and blown up in this broadcast so much that the forgotten man is clearly Dallas Goddard. And for him to get on the board early, it makes sense. And I can tell you this, the Eagles will use Goddard, especially to stretch the middle of the field Mm -hmm. and take some pressure off of some quick throws, some quick throws to back, some screens to A.J. Brown or even Devontae Smith. So, yeah, look, it it makes sense. I think he's probably going to get better odds as a first TD scorer than Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. So I would take him. Sure. So actually, this is from Westgate Superbook. Devonta Smith and Goddard at 12 to one. And then Pacheco and AJ Brown are 10 to one. If I get the same odds for Smith, I'll take Smith. Yeah. But if I get anything better for, for Goddard, I'll take Goddard. Okay. So like you're talking like 14 to one, 15, 16, even 13 to one. I'll take Goddard. Right. Nice. Because the, the, the thought process is that they, they shouldn't be equal. So Dallas Goddard, like that's more of a true number for Smith than I think it would be. And and realistically, I'd probably just pass on both because I'm using Smith's number as a gauge for where Goddard's number should be. And okay. if they're equal, something's off to me because Smith has that big play capability. We just saw that against your squad where that was a, a incomplete pass, but it was ruled as a pass. They will go deep to Smith as soon as the game opens up. So he's got the big play capability. He can break a play as well in the middle of the field. It sounds about right, 12 to 1. I thought Goddard would be like 14, 15 to 1. So at 12 to 1, I'd probably pass on both. But even at 13 to 1, I would take a shot on Goddard. Okay, cool. Uh, last thing, what's your favorite bet in the Super Bowl? What do you think you're going to pull out of your pocket to lay down? What do you, what's your favorite? 
right. All right. Uh, I'll give you three rapid fire here. Okay. okay? Uh, in descending order, meaning my least confident one of the three would be the Philadelphia Eagles first coaches challenge. Now that's at plus 110 to minus 110. I don't know where they got this stuff from. I saw Andy Reid for 14 years, or at least as the latter part where he was able to challenge, fumble away challenges. Doesn't look like he's mastered that even last week. So Nick Sirianni's super aggressive when it comes to challenging. He's not going to leave points on the field. So I, I took a flyer on that. The other one I really like is over 23 and a half longest reception for guess who? Devontae Smith. That guy is a walking big play. So absolutely love that. My favorite play. It's not going to hit, but put five bucks on it. What the heck, right? Any offensive lineman to score a touchdown. Here's the thing. Nick Sirianni is not going to run the old school Philly special. The one that we saw where Nick Foles caught yeah. the football because that's hollowed ground. Like they built a statue for that play. But Nick Sirianni absolutely has three other guys on this team who snapped the football at center at a collegiate level and has Jason Kelsey, who absolutely has a play designed for him to be eligible and score a touchdown. So Jason Kelsey can look over to Travis Kelsey and say, I scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl and you didn't. So any offensive lineman to score a touchdown is plus 4,000. Lock it up, Heidi. Five bucks. Lay it. I'm going to go to the next book on my way to my next <laughs> thing and go. do it right now. But Aton, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to join me to hear talk, talk, join me here today. Talk about the Eagles, the Super Bowl, the betting, the Raiders, all of it. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Tell everybody listening and watching what you're up to right now. Easiest thing to do. Just follow me on Twitter at Shander Show. And go from there. A lot of betting stuff at oddshopper.com, but I tweet all that stuff too. So uh, you are in the place to be when it comes to betting. So I, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to get my stuff out here. Absolutely. I mean, it, it may have started here in Vegas, but it's everywhere now. And I love that. I, I love that I it's becoming part of our vernacular, part of our yeah. lingo and part of what people think about from time to time. And, you know, whipping out a big $50 bill to go lay down. <laughs> That's my big whooping, probably <laughs> allowance for my beds. <laughs> nice. Nice. Do they even make $50 awesome. bills anymore? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Story for You're old time. school. You, you've got a stack of them from your last <laughs> winning. All those grants. Playing grants, right. everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much again, Aton. Yeah. I'm Heidi Fang. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit.